The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available pro-access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. And available Pro Power Onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on it on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Anyone familiar with my album Crazy with a Capital F knows that I'm afraid of clowns, and knows why. I used to have a replica of the creepy clown doll from the original Poltergeist movie as a kid uh, in my room, just like the kid from the movie. And uh, also as a kid, I was creeped out by dolls in general. Like, not all dolls. Like, Barbie never bothered me. I actually found her curves quite pleasant as a kid, to be totally honest. But my great-grandma, my great-grandma Stell, had a collection of these old porcelain dolls. Like, the kind whose eyes would blink if you moved them around. Right? Like, the kind from, like, a variety, a plethora of horror movies. Those all-too-realistic-looking glass eyes. Cold fucking eyes. They always seem to be watching me. Even thinking about it now just gives me the chills, you know? It's like I wouldn't want to sleep in a guest room full of those little shits any more now than I did uh, when I was a kid. Uh, Certain dolls are just creepy. And one of the creepiest of those dolls happens to be named Robert. Robert talks. Robert trashes your house. Robert may be cursed. He might have even killed a kid's aunt. And he's definitely about the creepiest looking goddamn doll you will ever lay your eyes on. Let's finish 2016 with some fear on today's cursed episode of Time Suck. You're listening to Time Suck. Okay, everybody, here it is. Here it is. Your bonus episode. Time Suck has now reached 100 reviews and counting on iTunes. And just like I promised... Every time we hit 100 new reviews, you get a bonus podcast that week. Two that week instead of one. One on Monday, one on Friday. Obviously, this is the Friday one. And uh, I just wanted to yeah, thank you for that. That was a very nice little uh, uh, holiday gift from you to me. Uh, I, I love getting those reviews. Love knowing that more and more people are listening. And, uh, and I've been listening to your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, uh, messages people have been sending me on, on, via timesuckpodcast.com. And one of the biggest... Um, critiques I've gotten is, is that I should make the shows a little bit longer, and I'm, and I'm listening. And, and, and I can't guarantee that every uh, show is going to be, you know, more than 30 minutes going forward, 
But what I can say is that I'm going to change the way I've been doing it. I've been, I've been watching the clock so far. I was, you know, I had this goal of trying to keep it down to 30 minutes and I still don't want it to be one of those long, tedious podcasts that, uh, you know, it ends up being like three hours, you know, like a, like a Dan Carlin's hardcore history, which I do love some of those, but God, I don't have the fucking attention span to listen to anything for that long. Um, Maybe maybe most people do. Maybe maybe most of you have a have a much better attention span than I do. But I still would like to keep it somewhat tight. But I'm not going to be anal about it anymore. Uh, I'm not going to watch the clock. I'm just going to uh, tell tell the tale as I've prepared it, and it's going to take however long it fucking takes to get through it. You know, because for these, I, I do a lot of research. I jot down my notes. I kind of put a little rough outline together, and then I and then I walk through it uh, after I hit record. And, uh, you know, and obviously sometimes I just digress as my, as my brain kind of pings around in the middle. And you know what? It's supposed to be fun. This is all just fun. So uh, criticism hurt. I'm taking the training wheels off. I don't need uh, the 30-minute security blanket anymore. It's just going to be what it's going to be. And this week, it's going to be uh, about Robert the Doll. And I want to thank Time Sucker Ben Montgomery for giving me today's topic, he, he emailed me at admin at timesuckpodcast.com. He found the website and sent me a, sent me a note, and, uh, and I love that. I love the collaborative exercise into the strange we're developing here. Fucking love you guys loving this shit. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, I wanted to start off by just describing this doll, this supposedly haunted doll, uh, which is a real doll. Uh, down in Florida in a museum. I, I, I want to describe it for you as best I can. If you'd just like to check out a picture, um, you can go to timesuckpodcast.com. It's under the episode description. And I will say my the, the podcast site works well on mobile uh, and the computer. So you can pull up these pictures on just like your phone and stuff too and just check it out because I feel like you got to see this. But if you don't want to, if you just listen in the car or whatever, um, Robert is is 112 years old and and dressed in like an old-timey, Kind of like like a baby blue and white old sailor suit, like from the twenties, uh, or I guess it'd be for, you know before that, like from the from the aughts of the twentieth century. That's how some sailors dressed back then. Uh, his face, uh, his creepy creepy face, it's worn down from years of play uh, to the point that it just kind of like vaguely looks human. It almost kind of reminds me of like Hannibal Lecter when he has the mask in Silence of the Lambs, like so he can't bite people. But he still, so he still has his eyes, but then he just has this weird mask with little like pinholes for so he can breathe. He looks kind of like that, to be honest. Um, and and he currently resides in the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. And the museum employees have traced Robert's origin uh, back to the Steiff Toy Company. It's S T E I F F. It's a German toy company that it still exists to this day. And and some Steiff historians uh, have verified. That Robert is is a Steiff doll, um, but they don't think he was ever a, a doll. Well, they know he was never a doll uh, um, created for like their historians. This company has this, I guess. Uh, he was never created for mass circulation, but they think he was probably part of like a window display. You know, uh, back again uh, at the at the dawn of the 20th century, and they think he was a uh, part of a window display for jesters and clowns. Fucking clowns, man! They just you can't get away from. And uh, they think that explains kind of his impish, kind of mischievous grin. Uh, and they think he was he's probably part of some early... Uh, yeah, okay, I already said that. And, and anyway, um, the, the, the Steiff, little side note, this, this plush toy company was founded in 1880 in Germany. 
uh, by a woman named Marguerite Steiff, a woman who was confined to a wheelchair from about as a child with polio, and uh, and a woman who, based on every photo I could find of her, young and old, looks fucking exactly like someone you'd cast in a horror movie as the maker of an evil doll. I also have a picture of her uh, up, uh, along with the episode description, at timesuckpodcast.com if you want to check her out. I mean, it, 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 really, it really does add to the creepiness. I, I just included that because if you see this lady, especially if she's a little older and she's dressed all in black with a scowl on her face and she's sitting in her wheelchair holding this doll with, like, no fucking joy. And, she, yeah, she looks like exactly who you would see in some fucking horror movie as, like, the creepy old woman who makes creepy dolls. Like, in the movie, she has some crazy backstory where, you know, like, she felt polio had robbed her of her childhood. And, you know, and there'd be, like, there'd be, like, those flashback scenes of other kids just, nah, you can't walk, you can't walk, like, circling around her, and she's fucking crying, and then cut to the future, and she's fucking putting some, like, devil spell on this doll, and I'll get you, giving it to, you know, the, the, the kid who now lives across the street, and she's an old woman, and the fucking demons start coming out of there and killing her family. Yeah, I can, I can, I can all see it. I can see it all. I can see it all. So, uh, anyways, uh, enough about uh, Marguerite. Uh, Germany again. Man, fucking Krampus. Uh, the Germanic origins. We talked about that devil. Now we got this fucking... Maybe it's just old, maybe just old German people uh, uh, back in the 20s and stuff. Just the way they decided to take pictures just looked fucking terrifying. A lot of weird... So much weird shit comes from out of that part of the country. Or world. Excuse me. Anyways, back to Robert, uh, his description. Olive, kind of olive-colored skin uh, with this light, blonde, uh, kind of Aryan hair. He has a little little worn nub of a nose that looks like a couple pinholes, you know, and uh, beady black as coal eyes. Really gives him a sinister look, and uh, like the eyes. And also he has whatever kind of, um, oh, like material he's made of. It looks almost like spongy in the, in the photographs. But but it has like um, like like a, like really really hard styrofoam. It kind of has that look to it. So like little divots can come out of it. Not even styrofoam. I'm trying to think of this what, what the term for it is. It's like this old material that I, that I think some dolls I've seen actually made out of. And it's kind it's like spongy. It's like um it's like a sponge a, a hard sponge looking thing. His face is with like very little like tiny like little spongy air holes. And uh, maybe just the way that whatever material he's made out of kind of aged to give it look like that. But he has these like these pock marks all over his face, like little divots. So they look like scars. I mean, he, it really toughens up his, this little doll's image. He looks like he's been through some serious, sinister shit, and he lived. You know, again, you know, if it was if I was doing a fucking horror movie about this, um, they'd they'd find like you know DNA in his in those little pock markers on his face, and they would be from like missing kids, you know. <laughs> who had clawed at his face as Robert uh, strangled them in, in their sleep. Uh, and, he, and, he's, and he's a sizable doll, too. He could, he could, he could strangle a kid, you know? Uh, he's, not, he's not tiny. He's not like, you know, early G.I. Joe size or, you know, or Barbie size. No, he's, he's like, uh, he's 40 inches tall. So he's, he's three feet, four inches tall. He's, 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 uh, yeah, he's a sizable doll. And so, uh, you know, uh, you're probably thinking like, okay, so Robert, where does the Robert come from? Good question, person I just made up in my head. Uh, let's get into that. This, this doll's, we're going we're gonna to get there. This doll's original home is now known as the Artist House in Key West. Uh, it's like a bed and breakfast now. It was built in 1898 by Mr. and Mrs. Thomas Otto. Uh, 
some, sounds German. The Ottos had money, enough money for a big colonial Queen Anne-style mansion with like these big, uh, beautiful columns and a veranda and a turret. It's actually a really pretty house. And uh, it's it's now you can stay there, actually. If you just look at it, it's 160 to $360 a night to stay at the artist's house, uh, bed and breakfast in Key West, a little boutique kind of hotel bed and breakfast. Also one of the most photographed uh, former residences you know, of the area, along with the Hemingway house. Uh, down there in Key West, and there's a bunch of articles about the house, you know, about how it's haunted and part of like little walking tours and everything. And and there's information that uh, the autos were they were native Key Westers, and uh, among the social elite, you know, it, t- it took a couple years to build this house. It was very expensive. They were very well off financially, enough to have multiple servants, and it sounded like they did very well because the uh, the dad, uh, the Mister Thomas Otto, was a third generation doctor, and so you know this is back in the age when like. Uh, you know, doctors make good money now, but I feel like back then they made like serious fucking coin compared to everybody else. And if you're third generation, now you have accumulated doctor wealth. And uh, they traveled a lot. Uh, yeah, they were very they're active in the community. And again, just kind of like socialites. The, the mom was from the uh, the Bahamas, um, and they had three boys. And the youngest uh, being the first to be born when living in this new mansion, now known as the Artist House. And that, that youngest boy is Robert. Eugene, there's Robert, Robert Eugene Otto. And he was born October 25th, 1900. And then on his fourth birthday, October 25th, 1904, he was given a doll. And, uh, and, and with the doll here, there is, uh, oh, questions as to its, to its origin. Um, some, some things, you know, like I, I feel like lead me to believe that the doll was given to him just, you know, by his, by his family. And especially like when you when you know that it was this uh, this doll from from Germany, this uh, God damn it, I've already forgot the name of that fucking toy place. God damn, what was it called? The Klein Stife. I wanted to call it the Klein doll for some reason. So we we know that it was a Stife doll. It was a Stife stuff animal. So um, I, I would I would imagine those cost a little bit of money. And I only kind of make that point because a lot of these kind of paranormal websites, what they say is they say the doll was given uh, to little Robert by one of the servants uh, in the house because they had multiple servants. And I just, I kind of question that because, you know, if you're a a servant, you you don't have a lot of money. You're not going to go buy an expensive doll. Um, But that's part of like the haunted history of this doll is they they think that uh, it has like these voodoo origins. Because um, legend has it that the autos, you know, they were uh, kind of cruel to their servants and, uh, you know, and also to the, the nurse, which was the term for kind of nanny in those days. And that's who uh, supposedly gave Robert this uh, prize doll. And the paranormal enthusiasts and kind of pseudo historians uh, want to believe that uh, a voodoo curse was placed on this doll as retribution for the cruel treatment on behalf of the autos. And uh, another variation, though, that I think is a little bit more plausible is that the doll was actually given by the, the, the family, but that the, and there's kind of some other little stories along these lines, that this nanny, this nurse, placed a voodoo curse upon the doll after Robert got it. Again, it's retribution for the family. And that's a whole other can of worms where it's like, do you believe in voodoo, do you not? I mean, there definitely are tales of, you know, uh, voodoo priests and priestesses, you know, uh, attempting to curse or thinking that they've cursed things. So, you know, uh, that's that's up to you to, to think like, well, can things be cursed or, or can't they? 
Uh, I choose to believe that they cannot, but at the same time, and I'm going to keep hitting this point over and over during the podcast, I say that they're not, but uh, after reading all this stuff about uh, Robert, eh, I would want nothing to fucking do with this doll. Just absolutely nothing to do with it. So, you know, obviously there is some part of me that has left the door open to the possibility of things being cursed, as, as much as I hate that. Uh, I hate that I believe that. But, yeah, there's a little bit of fear there. So, uh, anyway, what we do know for sure, for sure, for sure, is that he was given this doll on his birthday in 1904. And, uh, and I guess he, he loved it so much, he loved, I, this is so weird to me, that he decided, uh, going forward, that the doll would actually take his name. And that he would go by a shortened version of his middle name. So he became known going forward as Gene. And the doll became known as Robert. And these two were fucking inseparable. Like they hung out together. Um, You know, he took him everywhere he went, little Gene did. And as Gene grew older, he kept doing that. Uh, He actually got his his parents um, to create a room for the doll. The doll um, sat at the dinner table with Gene. Gene would sneak at bites of food when his parents, (laughs) parents were looking uh, Robert uh, slept in the same bed as Gene. They were tucked in together at night. I mean, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. And, yeah, and I love that he got uh, his own fucking room. And, and they put it up in the attic, which is like, why would you do that? That's so creepy. Uh, to give ah, to give, to give your, your kid, uh, his doll, his own like room, playroom up in the attic, and, and that'll come back to, to haunt them, I guess, literally, if you believe in hauntings. I, I just, I don't, man, talk about indulgent parents, though, to, to allow all of this to happen. I can't imagine if my kids were like, Daddy, you know, Robert needs his own room. I'd be like, the fucking doll? I don't even, I don't even have an off, my own office. How does the doll get its own fucking room? That shit doesn't happen. Oh, 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 and the doll's name is Kyler now? The fuck that? I named you Kyler. The doll's named Shitface, okay? Now the doll's Shitface. That's how that works. Like, I, like how, why were they being <laughs> so indulgent to this fucking kid? God damn. Okay, but anyway, let's get back into uh, Gene and the doll. Uh, they're being inseparable. Um, they're playing up in their attic room. Uh, indulgent, but, you know, I guess not weird, other than the parents started to believe that they were hearing two voices from the attic. They were hearing their son, Gene. <laughs> I can't believe that they would even call him Gene. How do they, again, why would, you, why would you allow that? But they would hear Gene talking, and then they would hear Robert talking in a deeper voice. And... Uh, and again, and I say that like they're claiming this, but I never found a legitimate like with these kind of things in paranormal. I'm I'm less critical of the websites than I would be for like uh well like when I did the Lyndon Lyndon B Johnson thing, you know that I'm like okay I'm not gonna go on Reddit I'm not gonna go on these and I still try to stay away from just just bullshitty chat rooms for this research. However, when you go into the the realm of paranormal, if you're only going to go to like, you know, super legitimate le- journalistic sites, you're not going to fucking get anything about your topic. All right? Cuz it, it is there's just a ton of hearsay. And so a lot of the stuff about the parents is just alleged. And allegedly, they uh they thought uh they would hear two people in the room, way creepier than that. Uh <laughs> Apparently, uh, when the doll was alone in its little attic playroom that had its own complete with furniture and everything, they would still hear, like, giggling and playing and stuff then. So that is, uh, that is super creepy. Super creepy. And according to the, um, the, the website keywestparanormal.com, check this out. Quote, as incidents became more frequent with Robert—oh, yeah, sorry. Actually, before I say this, uh, 
there was also um, uh, Gene was starting to get into the habit of blaming things on Robert. That was a, a common occurrence, I guess, uh, in, in the household. And that is fairly well documented that, you know, that that apparently did happen. That, uh, you know, it was always like, well, I didn't do it. Robert did it. I didn't do it. No, Robert did it. No, I didn't, I didn't move the chair across the room. Robert did that. I didn't, you know, spill the milk. Robert did that. I didn't, you know, all this kind of whatever shit. I didn't, I didn't throw a knife at you. <laughs> I don't know if that happened. But it was all blaming. Okay, and here we go into this quote. As incidents became more frequent with Robert being blamed for things going wrong around the home, the servants consulted with the autos and explained that there seemed to be some sort of evil associated with Robert the haunted doll. The autos did not put much faith in the concept of haunted dolls, but eventually shared this possibility with relatives. One of these relatives, which happened to be Jean's great-aunt, made a suggestion based on the fact that there could be such a thing as haunted dolls. She believed that if the doll was stored securely in the attic, then perhaps the issues experienced in the home would come to a stop. The autos felt like this was an ideal plan. Despite the begging and pleading of Jean, they placed the doll in a tight, secure box and left it upstairs in the attic. Now, it could be coincidence, but the night after Robert the Haunted Doll was stored away, the great-aunt passed away in her sleep. As Gene had such an issue with his loss, his parents let him have his toy back, never considering the fact that if haunted dolls were in fact real, it could have been responsible for the great-aunt's death. All right. So let's say this is true. Let's just, let's just go to the, let's take that leap of imagination and say that the doll maybe could have done it. What I don't understand in stories like this is why don't you just get completely rid of the fucking doll at this point? Like, take it out in the Florida swamps, chop it up, put it in a little hole in the ground, set its remains on fire, and then bury what's left. There's no fucking way I'm keeping a doll after that shit. After a doll, a doll that I think can talk, a doll that's giggling up there on its own, and now the, now the ant wants to put in a box and then the ant dies? No! What, and then I'm going to let my kid keep playing with it? Who are these fucking assholes? But, but, you know, I, I have to realize that not everyone thinks the way I do about these things. Not everyone would just, like, get rid of it. And, uh, and I say that because I, I know somebody personally, actually uh, very well, uh, my manager, my manager Maggie, has a creepy doll uh, that her brother had given, had bought for her in Japan and given her, and she has it in her house. And I, I, one time I'm over there, and I remarked on this doll. I'm like, Jesus, what's, what's this? What's this dude? It's kind of creepy, you know, because it's one of those little porcelain ones with the, with the crazy eyes. And she's like, yeah, it actually is creepy. And then she proceeds to kind of tell me these stories where she says, like, she, when she gets up in the morning, a lot of times the, the, she never touches the doll, and the doll is clearly facing in a different direction, she believes, than it was the night before. And and that I could kind of, like, just uh, toss off to imagination. I'm like, well, maybe, but it's not, like, are you really taking notes of which way the doll was looking? Because it's not like she's writing the shit down. But she believes that it, it, it's looking in different directions. Uh, that didn't freak me out as much as, uh, she says, sometimes there will just be a little pool of water in front of the doll. And like, and it's not like it's by a source of water. There's no pipes around there. It's just out in the living room. There's, there's, it's not where people are setting water glasses. It's, uh, not near like her dog's like, you know, water bowl. It's not pee when she cleans it up. It's not the dog peeing. That's fucking creepy. Like, and what does that mean? Why, why is, what, what was it like? Is it the spirit of somebody who drowned or something? But, and, and I bring this up because after all that, she won't get rid of it. I would fucking burn that piece of shit. Again, why? But, but, you know, so, so maybe, so I'm, well, I bring that up again to actually to point out that, okay, there's some plausibility to them not getting rid of this thing, despite its obviously creepy behavior. 
if this stuff is true. Okay, so Gene, Gene continues to blame Robert after all this for, you know, uh, you know things that parents assumed that Gene did. And uh, other, creepy, other creepy stuff is happening, like um, Gene's toys keep getting, like, mutilated, you know? There are stories of them going up, like it's quiet up in the attic, and they'll go up there. <laughs> and, uh, and Gene is on one side of the little playroom and, and just kind of like whimpering, like kind of like, you know, huddled up in almost like a fetal position, you know, holding his knees. And then the doll is across the room just looking at him. And he talks about how, like, you know, Robert's mad at him, like that kind of stuff, like they're having a fight. Fuck! Again! Again, <laughs> this is these are the biggest idiots uh, for parents. I, I, I do buy uh, this thing about, um, you know, the kid blaming the doll. That's not actually that uncommon. It's uncommon for it to go on for a long time. But it does remind me of a story with Monroe, my daughter, where uh, one of the funniest stories I've ever had with Monroe that I've never told on stage. But um, one time I'm at my mom's house, and Kyler uh, is sitting, uh, you know, just in the living room watching some cartoon on TV. And we're all gathered around. And Monroe is kind of back behind him and off to the side playing with some little toys. One of these toys is a little toy dog. Uh, and it's like a hard plastic little toy dog. And all of a sudden, you know, out of nowhere, Monroe's... She's probably like two years old this time. So, you know, maybe two and a half. Maybe, maybe even three. Maybe even three. So Kyler would have been around, you know, five. And she just all of a sudden walks across the room and fucking slams him in the head as hard as she can with this hard little dog, like, 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 like it made an audible crack. And then Kyler starts bawling, like it looked like it fucking hurt. It wasn't just like a little kid crying. Like she hits him hard. So I start yelling at Monroe, and I'm like, what are you doing? Do you, no, go to the corner, sit in the corner. You, you do not hit your brother like that. Monroe vehemently denies hitting Kyler. She's like, I didn't do it. Puppy did it. Puppy did it. I, I'm not bad. Puppy's bad. Starts talking to her little kid talk. She's like, I know, I know hit puppy bad. Puppy bad. I know I didn't hit. Puppy hit him. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things. She will not back down from that. We put her in timeout. The rest of us go back to consoling Kyler, and then we leave her there for a while until she's going to apologize. You don't get to come out until you sincerely apologize. You know, that was a really bad thing you did. And then she doesn't. For like the next 10 minutes, we just hear her talking to herself. Uh, <laughs> it was so hard not to just laugh so loud. But she's just talking to herself in the corner about, I'm not a bad girl. Puppy, puppy is naughty. I'm not naughty. Puppy's so naughty. Puppy, puppy did it. I didn't do it. So, you know, typical kid thing, <laughs> I think, to a point. But uh, as you're about to see, <clears throat> he, Gene takes it way past typical. He, he ends up being buddy-buddy with Robert for basically his, his entire life. Uh, it gets really fucking weird. So uh, eventually, little Gene, you know, he grows up, leaves Robert at home for a time. Like, you know, like a lot of kids who have a large inheritance coming to them and they know they'll never have to pay their own way through life, Gene goes to art school to study painting. How fun for Gene. He studies at the Academy of Fine Arts in Chicago, and then he attends a New York Art Student League, which sounds like a place that uh, only spoiled, wealthy, kind of overly indulged East Coast, you know, kind of brats would go to. Like, like there's no one from, like, the Detroit inner city going to the New York Art Students League. Uh, I read about it a little bit, and it was actually, it sounds so pretentious. It was formed in 1875 by a group of artists almost all of whom were students at the National Academy of Design in New York City, and they felt that, quote, the, the Academy's instruction was too conservative and unsympathetic to their new ideas about art. And they opened up this new school, uh, and again, none, none of these fucks are working night jobs so they can go to the league. It's a bunch of rich kids fucking around painting. Uh, just a bunch of eccentric rich kid shit. And then a bunch of trust funders. 
And then, so after studying in New York uh, for a while at the League, Gene decides to head to, to Paris. He heads to Paris for a while to paint and study. Man, fuck this guy, man. More, more, more I re- was reading about Gene, the less I liked him. Uh, uh, it would be one thing if he became an artist of renown, of note. But no, no, despite spending a lot of time and a lot of his parents' money in Chicago and New York and Paris, never figured out how to make a, a living as an artist or get another fucking job. Because he never had to. Uh, you know, if you want to find some autos work, don't go looking in uh, in a gallery or museum because that shit ain't there. All right. The only thing you can find uh, only, after I did a lot of research, I found one picture of him in one of his paintings. And I found it on a website called robertthedoll.org. So, you know, if you're a, su- a successful artist, you're not going to be uh, mostly known for, <laughs> for having a doll. That's not how that works. Uh, if he was even like average. You know, he would have paintings and galleries just because of the fucking doll association. If you're curious about this this picture, by the way, I do have it up uh, at timesuckpodcast.com on the episode description. Um, and, and again, yeah, he didn't need to be successful. You know, he's got mommy and daddy's money. Well, eventually Gene uh, does leave Paris. Uh, he leaves after, uh, a while after, meeting Annette Parker of Boston while over there, a gifted pianist who allegedly once played for the King of England. The two of them marry in Paris in 1930. And after Annette finishes her piano studies over there, so obviously she lived a life of fucking luxury as well, the two of them head to New York, where Annette fucks around uh, with the piano, and Gene dicks around painting for a couple more years. Man, quite the life these two had. But then uh, Gene's mom becomes ill, and he and Anne head back to Key West to take care of her. And apparently Anne does not like anything about Key West. Uh, One of the things she likes the least is there's no kind of bustling music scene that she could be a part of like there was in New York. And the thing she likes definitely the least is fucking Robert. Yep, Robert's back. Oh, sweet little Robert. Gene's living in his childhood home again and back to his old childhood tricks. Uh, And apparently him and Robert, I mean, this guy's got to be in his 30s by now. Him and Robert are inseparable. Think about how creepy that is. Think about for Annette. Like, you you marry this guy. Not that she was, uh, I don't know who she was, but maybe she wasn't the sharpest fucking, you know, knife in the drawer. But but she she couldn't have expected I would think to that her husband would be like into a doll more than he was into her, you know. S- especially like if she meets him without the doll and then they go home and all of a sudden he's like, oh Robert, Robert, I can't wait to be back and you know <laughs> playing with you again. And and that actually does kind of lead like lend some kind of credence to there's something weird with this doll, like what kind of power it had on him, you know? What the fuck is he? I mean maybe he's just mentally ill, but but why wasn't he so crazy in New York in Paris? Why why is it when he got back around the doll? that the doll, like, pulled him back in again. Because apparently during their marriage, the doll goes on vacations with them. Uh, Robert does all his painting up in the attic. I'm sorry, Gene. <laughs> Gene Robert. Gene does his painting up in the attic, you know, with Robert, talking to Robert. And then there's weird stories from, like, neighborhood uh, kids at this time where they would see the doll moving around up there and, I don't know, all kinds of creepy shit. Um, and uh, so, um, Robert, okay, got to get back into this. Okay, and so as soon as Annette hates the doll so much that finally when Robert dies in 1974, she immediately gets rid of the home. She sells the artist's house, and he'd inherited, you know, after his mom, his sick mom passed away, and then his dad passed away. You know, they inherited the house. As soon as uh, Gene dies, uh, the house is gone. And according to the website keywestparanormal.com, which I got to say looks like a fucking crackpot website, this is a story too good not to share, and it does show up in numerous other kind of horror movie-related sites and stuff. And I'll explain later why there's a horror movie association here. Uh, 
The new owners, okay, quote, the new owners moved in very excited about the beautiful home that they had acquired. They discovered the homemade doll and decided to put it back in the attic. Yeah, because why wouldn't you do that? You move in some place, you're like, yeah, let me put a fucking creepy doll in my attic. Let's do that. That's first order of business. What, what, you just find a creepy doll over there in our new home that we're still getting used to all the sounds? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, God, what should we do? With it? Should we throw it away? No, no, let's not throw it away. I know. Let's put it in the attic so we always know it's there but can't see it. That'd be, that's the fucking best plan. Okay, so unfortunately, this decision would haunt them regularly. Yeah, no shit. Back into the article now. They claim that unusual noises could be heard in and around the home, including the same ominous laughter that had been heard when the Otto family lived in the home. Soon the evil doll started to make an appearance at random locations throughout the home. No one moved the doll, but it seemed that it could move from one location to another on its own. Naturally, the home terrified the new owners, and immediately they left. It seemed that the last straw was when they obviously possessed an evil doll was found standing at their bed with an evil gaze upon them while yielding a knife. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, say, I would say that would be the last straw. I would say even if you're the kind of dumb shit that it's like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, I have a doll in my house that fucking moves around and shows up on its own in different places that I choose to let live in the attic. Yeah, okay, in hindsight, that was a bad decision. However, I pulled my head out of my ass when I woke up one morning and the little fucker was, was holding a knife and looking at me ominously. Because you know, I might not be a genius, but I know that when a creepy, evil, animated doll is holding a knife and staring at me, that, you know, shit's not going to get better. This could end badly. For, this could end in tragedy. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Um, so another website uh, doesn't list the knife story, but it does say uh, that uh, Myrtle Reuter purchased the hardest house after Otto's death in 1974. So, you know, and this was seems like more legit. So that part of the story seems to be... Uh, I would guess true. And but and this one also says that she became Robert's new caretaker. So apparently, you know, Annette did leave the doll, was like, fuck that doll. It's doll staying in the house. I'm not even going to touch it. Which, if, if it was doing weird stuff or her husband was just, like, preposterously obsessed with it, uh, I don't blame her. And uh, visitors swore that they heard footsteps in the attic and giggling going on. Uh, some claim Robert's expression changed, like visitors to this place, uh, you know, and they heard, again, the footsteps. Uh, and, and also, there's these rumors that if anyone bad-mouthed Otto in the doll's presence, said anything bad about the previous owner, the doll's expression would change. Like, it would get, like, a fucking grim expression. Like, don't you talk shit about, you know, about Gene. And then, uh, after 20 years of listening to his antics, um, this, this woman, Reuter, uh, did get rid of the doll. She kept the house, but she donated little Robert uh, to the museum in Key West that we, that we mentioned earlier in 1994. So what has Robert been up to at this museum? There's a lot of stories about that. A lot of YouTube videos where you can uh, hear firsthand tales from people who work at this museum. This is the, uh, the museum, um, Fort East Martello Museum in Key West. And, you know, there's just, like, things of, like, it, it moving, it messing up uh, technology. Like, people try to take pictures of the doll, and all of a sudden uh, uh, their camera stops working. Um, this, this one paranormal guy said he tried to, like, move the doll's hat off of its head, its little sailor hat, to get a better picture, and immediately his camera stopped working. The second he put his hat back on, the camera worked again. 
So little Robert, you know, he's fucking having a bad hair day, I guess. And he didn't want his picture taken, you know, looking all, he wanted to look, you know, more proper, like a proper sailor that he is. Fucking just got in from the high seas. And, uh, and there's like, yeah, stories that like he has this little dog on his lap and in his display case, this little stuffed animal in, in a lot of the pictures. And there's this rumor that he was never given that, that it was part of a different display. And one night Robert just went out and took it. Uh, lots of things about him here, you know, him giggling. There's this one interview of this, this docent to this volunteer who works there. And she just talked about how she would not touch him, how he just basically just creep her the fuck out. And, and Robert, uh, so Robert, you know, has become famous for all these kind of tales, all these legends that have sprung, uh, sprung up around him. And, you know, he, and again, he, being in the museum kind of helps things going. And then also a lot of people speculate that he is the basis for Chucky in the child's play horror movies. Now I can't find, uh, the actual writer and director, Tom Holland, a guy I, I actually interviewed, uh, when I hosted a show called, uh, the Playboy Morning Show a couple years ago. Uh, interviewed him about some other horror movie and, and talked about Child's Play when he came in, but I didn't know about Robert then, so I didn't ask him anything. But I can't find an interview where he says, yes, I base Chucky on Robert. But there's a tremendous amount of speculation that, you know, uh, that he is the inspiration. This talking doll, this doll that, you know, possesses some kind of soul, this this doll that is so buddy-buddy with the kid but doing, you know, a bunch of evil shit. There's definitely some parallels there with Chucky. And, uh... And, and basically, like, like, like the, a lot of these websites point to the origin being kind of the knife, some variation of the knife story. Uh, some stories claim that uh, the people who moved in after Otto died, that all of a sudden um, the, the little doll came at the daughter with a knife. Some people claim that the, the little doll was at the foot of the bed with a knife. Who knows? Who knows? I, but, you know, and again, I, I think this stuff's silly, but I'm also getting, like, the chills uh, fucking talking about this. And, uh, but in that movie was a movie. Maybe I just think about that movie too. That movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Child's Play was, it was a good horror movie. Uh, it is the only good horror movie. I will say, uh, that's been based on Robert that's been made so far. Uh, there were two other movies in the last two years, one in 2015 and one in 2016 that were made about Robert the doll. And they look so fucking terrible. So, so terrible. One is, uh, is Robert the doll, uh, movie titled Robert the doll. It came out in 2015. Uh, I think it, it might have been actually just, be, I'm sorry, just Robert. Maybe the, I think I saw it listed as both. It's not a popular movie. And the other one is The Curse of Robert that came out in 2016. Uh, comments have actually been disabled for The Curse of Robert trailer, which is never a good sign. No one disables comments on a video where people are complimentary. Uh, the Curse of Robert has been reviewed by no critics or people at all on Rotten Tomatoes uh, since it came out last month. You can, you can watch it on Amazon or iTunes. <laughs> on Amazon, Amazon has been reviewed seven times and has a two out of five star rating. The most positive review says, quote, I want it now. And that was a review left before the movie came out. So somebody was just excited to see something with the doll. All the reviews that came out after the movie was released are preposterously negative. Uh, <laughs> like, like really, really bad. Um, my favorite negative review says, uh, Robert's curse is having to watch this film. That's pretty clever. It's clever. Uh, the movie Robert or Robert the Doll, that's not even listed on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 3.3 out of 10 star rating on IMDb, internetmoviedatabase.com. It has a 2.5 out of 5 star Amazon rating, where out of 65 reviewers, 45% gave it one star. I'm guessing the other 55% left uh, their review before the movie came out. My, my favorite one star review says, worst p- piece of crap ever made. That's the subject. 
And he gets into it. This Jody Khan left on February 1st, 2016, says, excuse me, this is the worst movie ever. My son rented it, and I just happened to sit down and watch it with him. He was bored to death. Does not even deserve one star. Complete waste of time and money. Complete piece of crap. My dog could make a better movie. Shame on you, Amazon, for including this piece of shit in your movie library and charging for this. What a complete ripoff, exclamation point. This movie is not even worth viewing for free. So, might want to skip those. So what do you think? You know, that's kind of all, that. that's all the legend there laid out for you about Robert. Uh, you know, and there's just a lot of uh, room in this one for whatever you choose to believe. I mean, do you believe, like my manager Maggie, that dolls can move? Do you believe that Robert is cursed? Do you believe in curses? Does the spirit of Gene now live within Robert? Or maybe it's something else entirely. Maybe it's voodoo-related. Maybe it's demonic. Do you believe in voodoo or demons? You know? If he is real, I wonder, like, why didn't he just take off and leave his display? Like, why didn't he go on some kind of blatant-killing rampage if he truly is evil? Like, I always think about that with, like, monsters... Like these rumors, why are they? Why are they fucking hiding all the time? Like, if you're some paranormal entity and can't be touched, especially like in some kind of ghost demonic way, why not just fucking tear shit up, go on a rampage? But you know, maybe I don't know all the rules. Maybe that maybe they could be killed. Maybe they're it's self-preservation. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. And you know, again, I say I don't believe it. I say I don't buy it. I say all this stuff is people's imagination and a bunch of fucking nonsense. But at the same time, you could not pay me to sleep in the same room with this little piece of shit. There's no, I would be fucking terrified. So uh, is, my, is my fear irrational? Or, or is there some you know, instinctual basis for some kind of paranormal? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that it's time for some top five takeaways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Number one, never, no matter how much money you make, ever dedicate a room to one of your kid's dolls, especially not in the fucking attic. And if you start hearing the doll talk and and believe the doll is wrecking some shit in your home, like Gene's parents supposedly did, burn the little bastard. Number two, good horror movies are apparently incredibly difficult to make, even if you start with a legend that basically writes the story out for itself, as demonstrated by Robert the Doll and the Curse of Robert. Number three, haunted or not, don't bring your doll on vacations with you and your wife like Gene Fuckface Trust Fund Auto did. God, what a douche. If, may he deserve to be haunted. Number four, if you're going to spend your parents' money studying painting in Chicago, New York, Paris, and then New York again like Gene Auto did, at least have the decency and the respect to get good at it. Number five, Maggie... If you're listening to this, get rid of that goddamn doll before it goes nuts and ends up inspiring more terrible movies to be made. Time suck. Top five takeaways. So that was it, you guys. That was the bonus episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you have a happy New Year's. And uh, and I want to thank everybody again for making me feel like uh, the start of this podcast was successful. I increase, uh, appreciate the, the big boost in listenership over the last few weeks, especially. It's really uh, going up, and I, and I have you to thank for that. You know, word of mouth is the best advertising. You know, keep listening. Keep telling your friends. I, I, I hope I touch on subjects that inspire you to talk about them and that you're having fun with. I, I really want to make this project so much bigger and better in 2017. So keep those reviews coming. You know, keep telling your friends. You know, keep letting me know what you like, what you don't like, and I'll keep looking into all the shit that you don't have time to research yourself. And 
if you do take my advice that I mentioned earlier, and you do burn some doll that you feel is haunted, I want you to know that just like Chucky in Child's Play, it might put up a fight. So prepare yourself. I said talk to me, damn it, or else I'm going to throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you filthy slut! Did you fuck with me? See you next year, everybody. Are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes, the most legendary sauce has arrived. As McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's, the greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you suddenly had an extra hour show up in your day every day, what would you do with it? Work out, sleep, read a book, play Fortnite, call your mom, take judo lessons, finally watch all the episodes of Shameless? A lot of us spend a lot of our time wishing we had more time. But why? Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The bad news is that you're not going to get that 25th hour. But... What you can probably do is reprioritize where you spend some of your time. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it with your time. This year, my health is more important to me than cranking out another stand-up special as fast as possible. So I canceled a tour, sacrificed that income, and decided to spend a lot of the time I just got back working out more, resting more, relaxing more, and enjoying time with family, friends, and just myself. And I'm so glad I did. I feel better than I have in a long time. And my BetterHelp therapist, Debbie, was very helpful in getting me to make the decision to pull back. Thank you, Debbie. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TimeSuck today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash time suck.